0: Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning and satisfaction. I'm your host Efrat Amira. Hello and welcome back to this podcast. Today I want to introduce a way to set boundaries that will not only last, but will also teach your children good communication, respect for theirs and others needs, and will make them want to cooperate with you. In the model I want to present to you today, instead of using power techniques to make our kids do as we say, we empower ourselves and our children and create the conditions for them to cooperate with us. We set boundaries in a way that takes into consideration everybody's needs and feelings, and our family values. If you haven't listened to the last episode, where I talk about setting boundaries according to family values, be sure to listen to episode 6 and use the exercise in the files section on Marsupial Mama's Facebook group. In the process I will present to you today, we accept the hard feelings that may come with our boundaries. We are firm with what is important to us, but at the same time, question any boundary that doesn't make true sense. As we are always evolving and changing, we pick our battles wisely. While embracing this new way of setting boundaries, I want to remind you that this is a practice. And like any other practice, it gets easier the more you do it. Also, you can use any of these principles separately or as a whole formula. Use it as you need. Keep in mind that you are capable of learning new things. You can change your automatic response with practice and intention. The principles I will talk about today are based on a process taught in the Jai Institute for Parenting. This way of setting boundaries is based on two assumptions. One. Humans are born good and have good intentions. 2. Children want to follow their parents' or caregivers' lead, as long as they feel a strong and good connection with them, what we call a secure attachment. The process consists of four principles. Presence, empathy, conscious communication, and exploring solutions together. You can use this process whenever you are struggling to set a boundary but also in any parenting scenario. I will start with laying down the principles, and afterwards I will give an example and walk you through how these look in a life scenario. Let's start with presence. In our hectic day-to-day life, we are mostly preoccupied with our thoughts. We think about our to-do list, about something that happened at work, some future event, we are worried and stressed, We are mostly not present in the here and now. When we come to any parenting scenario in this preoccupied state, we won't be able to respond to the situation in a way that will be beneficial, and there is a good chance that we will just make things escalate. So, before any intervention, we first need to take a few moments to become present. Take a few conscious breaths. Become mindful of your body's sensation, the feeling of your feet on the floor, You can put one hand on your belly, one hand on your heart, and feel your breath. Most of the time, there is no real urgency to respond. And if there is, of course, respond as quickly as possible, and after that, you can work on becoming present. To be able to do this in the heat of the moment, practice during the day. While you're driving, washing dishes, eating dinner, we can practice becoming present in any time of the day. This will not only help you respond, more mindfully in the moment, but also improve your well-being in general. The second principle is empathy. When we express empathy, we make our kids feel seen and heard. And that will lead them to take down their defenses. When expressing empathy, we also create a healthy differentiation between us and our kids and don't take their struggles as our own. The way we express empathy is by nonverbal and verbal cues. Nonverbally, we look at them in the eye and express our understanding. We show that we feel them through using the tone of our voice in a soothing and comforting way. We kneel and look at them at their height and not from above. Verbally, we express our empathy by being open to hear our child without judgment. We also need to express empathy to ourselves and stay in a non-judgmental state. Go inward and acknowledge what is true in your emotional, physical, and mental state. What are you feeling? What are your body's sensations? What are the thoughts going through your head? There is no need to do anything about them, but just acknowledge what is going on for you at this moment. The next principle is conscious communication. And it is based on the work of Dr. Marshall Rosenberg, the developer of Nonviolent Communication Method. This way of communication is based on four components. Observation, feelings, needs, and requests. We observe what we see without evaluating. We basically state what we see is going on. Second, we try to guess what our child is feeling, what he is needing, we share what we are feeling and needing. In the last principle, exploring solutions together, we incorporate the fourth component of making a request from the nonviolent communication model. In this stage, we have a conversation and come up with a solution that works for both the parent and the child. With the younger kids, we can give two or three options that they can choose from. For older kids, ages 7 and up, we give more control and let them come up with a solution, and then decide together on the final decision. So, let's start with an in-the-moment scenario. This week, I was in the playground with my kids, and another mom was there with her two kids, a boy who was probably about 3, and a little girl who was probably 1 years old. I don't know what happened exactly, But this mom took her son, kicking and screaming, to the car, forcefully putting him in the car seat, closed the door while he was crying and screaming until she went to get her daughter that was in the meantime with her mom or a babysitter. Now, I have no judgment towards that mom. I just felt so bad for her and for her kid. She seemed so helpless, overwhelmed, and just exhausted. Taking care of two little ones is extremely difficult. But I believe that if this mom practiced and worked on implementing the principles I talked about, she would not have been in that position in the first place. So, how can we deal with a situation like this based on the principles of presence, empathy, conscious communication, and exploring solutions together? First, don't wait for the last minute. You don't want to rush through this process. Start the process of leaving at least 10 to 15 minutes before you need to go. You know your child, so take as much time as you think he will need. Start by letting him know that you will have to leave soon. I like to tell my kids to choose one last thing to do before we go to make the soon-have-to-go more concrete for them. If after giving him time to do the last activity, he isn't coming to the car, then it's time to apply our tools First, get present. Take a few moments to yourself to arrive at this moment without being overwhelmed with stress. Second, empathize. Take a second to really feel and understand your child. He's having a great time. He has a very different perception of the situation and is not at all thinking about what you have to do next, whether it is starting to make dinner, get on time to an appointment, or whatever it is. He's in the moment having fun and doesn't want to go. It is that simple for him. For you, on the other hand, a lot may be going on. Acknowledge that. You may start to feel irritated, helpless, or maybe even embarrassed. I tend to feel my shoulders starting to become stiff and my jaw becoming clenched. What are you feeling? What are your thoughts? Express empathy to yourself. You have so much to do. You need his cooperation right now. This is really hard. Now, how do we communicate in a way that will lead to cooperation without needing to be coercive? Communicate consciously. Say what you observe. You are playing in the playground and it seems like you are having so much fun. You don't feel like leaving right now, huh? You may be feeling disappointed that we need to leave soon. I see you. I'm sorry we have to leave before you are ready. You can also say what you are feeling and needing. I am just concerned because I need to get home and make dinner, and it's getting late. I need cooperation right now. Ask him what he needs in order to cooperate. How can I make it easier for you? This is where we explore solutions together. Just by asking that and giving him a chance to explain, you raise the chances of him cooperating. He may say, I don't want to go, or I just want to go one last time on the slide. Or he may even say, let's race to the car. He may surprise you. By giving him a voice, you are helping him put his guards and defenses down. If you give him one last time to go on the slide, that may just do. If he says that he just doesn't want to go, you can offer your help through connection or play, maybe give him a hug, and empathize with him again. Try to be silly or play something while you're walking to the car. If your child still refuses, then there is something deeper going on. It can be various things. Maybe he's not used to you setting limits and standing behind them. If you think this is your situation, I want to empower you and encourage you to use these principles. You can start today. Maybe he isn't feeling connected to you and refuses to cooperate. This means that there is a relationship repair work to be done. I will address this in later episodes, but for now, starting to apply these principles will help tremendously. When doing this process, don't try to make it perfect. Make it your own. Use language that resonates with you. Trying to do this process perfectly will just put you in more stress. Make you sound inauthentic and eventually will fail. When we set boundaries, we need to remember our long-term goal. At the end of the day, we want to raise confident, resilient, and mature people, and we want to have a good relationship with them. That means that if we want this relationship to work, we need to put effort, thought, and time into it. We need to be mindful about how we communicate with our kids and what expectations we have from them. If we keep this in mind, it will be easier to practice our tools. Practice these principles over and over, and after a while, it will become your second nature. And you will see how your kids become easier to parent and how you will have more peace, joy, and calm in your life. Next week, I'm going to explain why trying to get our way with our children through controlling techniques, such as yelling, punishing, bribing, manipulating, etc., will not only work against us in the long run, but will also take a huge toll on our kids' self-esteem and sense of worth and our relationship with them. So, bye for now. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me, as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.